Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, welcome back to the What We Said podcast. Someone messaged me and they're like, I miss when you used to open the podcast with the podcast and they put the musical notes like around podcasts. I didn't realize I did that all the I time. I didn't either. Welcome back, um, everyone. I didn't realize that I like had a thing that I did, you know? <laughs> You're so quirky. I'm so random. Anyways, I'm Chelsea and I'm the brunette half of the podcast. I'm JC and I am the redhead half of the podcast who Kendall Jenner just recently copied. And she didn't even give you credit, which is honestly so rude. It's like, it's so disrespectful. And then actually shortly after Kendall dyed her hair red, Sydney Sweeney dyed her hair red. She did? Yes. And then um, someone also posted on TikTok that Emma Chamberlain has been pinning a bunch of redhead inspo on her Pinterest. So she could be next. And I was saying, I would love if she went red. I feel like she would look really good. I can't believe that. They didn't even like credit you Yeah, though. no credit. It's, they, didn't they know you invented redheads? I know. It's disgusting. But let me just say, like, I knew I had a chance with Booker and this was my proof. What if he breaks up with her? <laughs> he <laughs> the he second saw he me red. at that Suns game, you guys. Like, he, he, I was on that Jumbotron. And I think that he gave Kendall an ultimatum. He said... I saw something so stunning tonight. And if you don't replicate that, like, I don't know. I don't know if I can keep going I'll with have this. to leave you and find her. Exactly. Whoever was on the Jumbotron. So he hasn't DM'd me yet, which is weird, but hmm. we'll see we'll what We'll be happens. waiting, Booker. We'll be waiting patiently. Real talk, I think Kendall looks great with red hair. I think she looks yeah. beautiful. My question is, did she literally bleach her hair and then dye it red? Some people are saying they think it's a wig. Because I was going to say, that's kind of a drastic hair thing for a dark-haired girl, a dark-haired girly to do. She has, like, borderline that's, black hair. That's true. Like, I she never would really have to literally bleach her hair first and then dye it red. You think? Because yeah. I don't ever have to bleach mine, but mine's not so dark brown, maybe. Like, not as dark as hers, naturally. But, yeah. like, I don't bleach mine. I don't know. Well, hers is, like, uh, a light red, know. isn't it? Maybe it is a wig. No, it was kind of darker red. Like, oh. it's darker than mine. Hmm. I actually really like the tone of it. Like, yeah. I think it's really pretty. It's kind pretty. of orangish. Maybe I'm just going off this one TikTok I saw, this one video. It was the one I, like, reacted to, but it looks so pretty in that TikTok. But then everyone was like, no, her part, like, the line of her part was so neat. It was almost like it was a wig. Mm. But she did her hair in a bunch of styles, and I'm like, I don't know. It looks real to me. I don't know. Anyway. Like, her roots look dark. Mm-hmm. Whoever did it, like, if it's real, they did a great job. Like, yeah, it looks very, very good. I, I, yeah, I really like it on her. Mm-hmm. It's fun for a change. Didn't Gigi go red a while ago, too? I don't remember. I really feel like a lot of people look good as redheads. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Yeah, it's kind of rare that someone dyes their hair red, and I'm like, eesh, no. I feel like a lot of people, more people than you'd even think, actually look really good as a redhead. Yeah. Maybe I'll try it out soon. I'll bleach my whole head that and then would go be red. And you Actually should dye awesome. her black. So just shiver down <laughs> my spine. Oh, oh, oh. We need to really quick talk about, you know what? I'm so offended. We said we did a quick love is blind recap and someone's replied and they said quick is not in your vocabulary. <laughs> I said, okay, facts. Yeah. But this really genuinely will be quick because some people were like, did you watch the love is blind reunion? Like, what were your thoughts? I thought it was so boring. Yeah, I was so it disappointed. Was, it was There was no juicy information. I don't have that much to say about it other than that. 
Yeah, it wasn't like, really yeah, the closure we wanted. Shake was being an idiot as usual. Yeah. But that wasn't really surprising either. No, he was digging he was, himself the worst grave. I'm like, no. what are you doing? That boy. Also, though, it was kind of weird that like, I agree that he was like being so just, he needs help. But at the same time, it was just like kind of a, a weird situation where they were, the hosts were not really like journalistic. They were very... Like just buddy buddy with them. Yeah, just chatting like friends. Which is kind to the people, but (laughs) to the people that are sitting there. Yeah, exactly. But not to the people, us. The masses. No, Shake is I don't even some people have this like visceral hate for him. I just think he's I just don't like the way he speaks and I don't like his vibe. No. But he honestly spoke one fact. Like he was like, I saw these people be real and then they all started to like act kind of fake. And I'm like, mm, it's kind of true, actually. Like, a lot of them, I don't know. Like, they start acting. What? You mean they were acting real when they were in the pods, and then when they got out, they were acting fake? Or I do don't know. Just the way that he said it made sense to me. Where I was like, I could definitely see that. How they, I don't really have that much to back up that claim. But when he said it, I said facts. Okay. I didn't really. King shake. Oh, gosh. <laughs> like, um, we stand our I think, king. I think he was just kind of saying, like, maybe putting on a facade for people. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. we're totally in love. Yeah. The one thing that we have to recognize is that literally all of his castmates hate him, which yeah. means that he is not a great guy. There's a problem. There's a problem. Like, if every single person, because there are a lot of cool people, like Natalie and mm-hmm. I'm actually, she's the only one. Like, there are people there that seem pretty normal and level-headed. And if every single person has a problem with you, there is one common denominator. Exactly. And it's you. So, that part of it does make me feel like, yeah, he's he's got something that's not right. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just thought the reunion in general was boring. Like, I wanted to hear more about everything. And yeah. I felt like there was tea to be spilled and there was n- and none was spilled. I think that Kyle and Deep D are literally dating. Yeah, and they never. T- and they didn't say a Kyle word about just like, it. I love her. We're like, sorry, you love her. Like, are you guys dating now? Like, he literally was like, I love that girl. I love her. Oh, really? I didn't Talking hear about Deep D. I heard him say like, I should have asked you to marry me, but I didn't. I don't know. Anyway, and then I saw TikToks of them like dating. I'm like, yeah. huh? Why didn't you say something about that on the freaking show? That would have no, been way more yeah. entertaining. Anyway, whatever. Moving on. We're excited to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Macy's. And yes, it's the Macy's that we're talking about. You know, Macy's Day Parade, Macy's at the mall. They're iconic, honestly. Mm -hmm. They've been around and and they know what they're doing. So as you guys know, this month is Women's History Month. I love to see it. We love women here on the What We Said podcast. Since 2020, Macy's has raised over $2.8 million in support of Girls Incorporated, which has funded opportunities for over 50,000 girls. Macy's has remained committed to supporting the next generation of leaders by empowering women today. So if you guys go to macy's.com slash honors, it will pull up a bunch of women-owned businesses, which is amazing. And I'm on their site right now actually looking at a brand called Oma the Label. And it's basically just really cute gold jewelry. They actually have a lot of really, really good options on here, like chunky stuff, some um, more sleek gold jewelry, necklaces, earrings, bracelets. You guys got to go check it out if you're a gold jewelry type of gal like us. They also just have a tab that says women-owned businesses, and it just pulls up a ton of products. And all of the stuff is obviously made by brands who are made by women. And I personally love like so many women-owned brands that are like fashion or jewelry because who knows you better than a fellow girl? So we love to see that. Join in celebrating Women's History Month by shopping brands owned and founded by women. And you can help fund mentorships and college and career readiness programming by donating online and rounding up in store for Girls Inc. Learn more at macy's.com slash honors. Go check it out. Speaking of Love is Blind, you guys, you have to watch Love is Blind Japan. It's on Netflix. Listen with the subtitles. Everything about it is better. The way that they meet is better. Them as people, better. Did you <laughs> Just, watch the whole season? Yes, I finished okay. it. Me and my sister watched it because my sister Abby came and visited me last weekend with my little brother and his friend. And we watched it. We started watching it and we were like, we could not stop watching it because we were so invested in the relationships. Everything is so much more romantic. The way that they film it is so aesthetically pleasing. Where they are, like Japanese architect is just so stunningly beautiful. And the way that they 
communicate with each other is so respectful and so just sweet, honestly. Wow. And cute. I really need to watch that. Yeah. It's just, it just made me want to go to Japan so bad. But anyways, you, you guys need to watch it. If you're like, oh, dang, I need something to watch because I finished Love is Blind season two. Wait, is that on? That's on Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. I need to check it out. Did you just yawn? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> no, weirdly, I, so I got my aura ring. If you're, wait, maybe I mentioned that on the last podcast. I don't know. I've talked about it on YouTube a little bit. Sound That but, sounds like a birth control. Aura ring? Yeah. Oh, like a yeah. IUD or something? Yeah. No, it's a little ring that's on your finger that like tracks stuff. And it will like tell you, I used to have this like hunch that I'm like, oh, I didn't get enough sleep. I'm so tired. And now it like tells me, it's like, you got amazing sleep literally every night. I'm like, oh, I have no excuse that I'm tired now. Yeah. Cool. But do you ever feel like sometimes if you have caffeine early in the day, like when this time of day hits, you are dead? Yes. That's how I'm feeling right now. But I'm going to, yeah. don't worry. I'm going to, um, I'm going to get pepped up here real soon. Pump but yourself up. Yeah. I feel like this is my major dip of the day, especially if I have caffeine right yes. in the morning. It is. We usually record at night, like around like seven or eight. And I was like, oh, maybe we should record earlier. Like, so we're not so tired. And also the Suns game. I mean, we'll probably miss it anyways, but I was trying to like make it so we could maybe watch the end of the Suns game. So we decided to record early in the afternoon. And then as I was coming over here, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. We did a bad thing today. But that's okay. I'm going to summon the energy that is, that is me. Wow, that's very beautiful. I am energy. We we today wanted to talk about why we're sad. <laughs> Feeling like yourself, you know, and what that means. Cue Kylie Jenner saying, I'm getting my personality back. You know, I'm feeling like myself again. Because I feel like Chelsea and I have both gone through different things recently. And honestly, in the past two years, what I was going to say, I mean, I'll just speak for myself. I feel like I've gone through just dips of, and I think everyone does, of feeling not like myself. Mm -hmm. And then dips where I feel so just happy and empowered and confident and feeling like, quote unquote, myself. What does that mean to you, Chelsea? Because you said you, didn't you have like a quote or something about that? Yeah. Or was it just a thought? I mean, it's kind of a thought that goes along with how I've been feeling about like, what does myself even mean? Like, what is feeling like myself again? Like, who am I Mm -hmm. to be, you know, is this just how I am? Like, what does that encompass? But I saw my friend Haley Bateman post on her story. She reposted a TikTok. And this guy, his username is at dale.ornish. Anyways, he said, your purpose in life is not to love yourself, but to love being yourself. If your goal is to love yourself, then your focus is directed inwards towards yourself. And you end up constantly watching yourself from the outside, disconnected, trying to summon the quote unquote correct feelings towards yourself or fashion yourself into something you can approve of. If your goal is to love being yourself, then your focus is directed outward towards life on living and making decisions based on what brings you pleasure and fulfillment. Be the subject, not the object. It doesn't matter what you think of yourself. You are experiencing life. Life is not experiencing you. Mm, Deep. Very deep. But as I was reading that, it like, I think because it's been in the, I don't actually know if this was before or after we decided we were going to talk about the, like, you know, feeling like myself again. Mm -hmm. But I think that just kind of encompassed how, I have been feeling towards like postpartum. Why did I say this word? Post. Postpartum because I, I don't want to cry. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 um, no. Nick was like, why don't you like hearing yourself cry? I'm like, I don't know. Does anybody like hearing their voice when they're crying? No, Just I don't like even like hearing my normal up. voice. Yeah. And then when you cry True. on top of it, I feel, I feel True. that. True. Anyways, I think it's just been like trying to figure out you know, people ask me like, how are you feeling? And it's like, I'm good. Like, I really am good. Like, I'm happy, you know, happiest I've ever been. It's like so amazing. But then at the same time, it's like, how is it possible to feel like the happiest you've ever been, but then have these like moments of like, I don't even know how to explain it. Just like a little bit of, I wouldn't even call them lows, just like moments of confusion. Yeah. Confusion and what is like introspective look like (laughs) discovery, I guess, just like looking inwards towards, you know, who am I now? And like, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. And 
should I, I guess this is my biggest question. It's like, should I try and go back to who I was before pre-pregnancy, mm. before these things happened? And because I was so happy or should I just accept, you know, these things that my life is now, the way that yeah. my life is and like, this is the new me. Like, or maybe there is no new me. It's just always me. Right. Does that make sense? Figuring out how to move forward. Yeah. And so a lot of people, like a lot of moms were messaging me after I, I posted my story, just like this thing of like, okay, like I, f- every time I feel like I take two steps forward, I like take a step back. And so I'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling so good. I think I got the hang of all of this. Like I'm so fine with how my life has changed. And then like a day will hit and I'll just feel sad and just f- feel like, dang, my life is like so different. Like Mm -hmm. I'm so different. And it's not even necessarily sad. Like I hate the new me. It's just, I think anytime you go through a change or like, you know, it's just kind of, you kind of grieve the old you where it's like, you know, it's like a moment in time where you really acknowledge that life is happening, I guess. And you're getting older maybe. And so I just have, it almost feels like life sometimes seems more sad to me because I... Maybe it was just like floating and like just so happy. Like before I was pregnant for like, I feel like for two years, I felt like quote unquote myself so much where I was just mm-hmm. like, will I ever be sad again? Like I feel so happy, like so confident, blah, blah, blah. And then pregnancy kind of like rocked it a little bit, but still my life wasn't that different, you know? Mm-hmm. Like we still do the same things, but now it's so different. It's like, I I have to adjust a lot of parts of my life. Like, and things that when I say out loud, I feel silly about where it's like, okay, I look different. My body's completely different. I don't know if I'll ever have, you know, the body that I had before I was pregnant. It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, I guess that's fine. But at the same time, it's like, dang. Yeah, (laughs) those are all, that's so valid though. I think change in general can just be very uncomfortable. It doesn't matter if it's good, bad, neutral. It's like, exactly, it's just different. And you're, anything you're not used to, new territory, it's just uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's like, a learning process, yeah. you know, going through something that you haven't gone through before. Exactly. And I think it's just when I can no longer just like do things spontaneously as much. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes I I will act as if I am the, you know, pre-pregnancy, pre-child Chelsea. And then I'll have moments where like, oh wait, I can't do that. Like I actually can't do that. Mm-hmm. And then it'll kind of shock me like, dang, like my life is completely different, which is okay, but it's just, different and it kind of makes me sad sometimes maybe even just like in a melancholy way is that the word to say like in a just like oh yeah dang. not, not like, like a deeply depressed way exactly. just kind of like, yeah. and I think obviously postpartum like comes with hormones and a lot of people are like oh if you're breastfeeding like your hormones just kind of still are playing with mm-hmm. you while you're breastfeeding so I also acknowledge that as well that you know that's sometimes why I feel sad for no reason it's just like oh my hormones are just kind of hitting me and it's not necessary for anything in particular, but Mm -hmm. I also just think it just brings on a new, you know, you just care so much about, I feel like it's made me, it's like opened up my heart a lot more Mm -hmm. in a good way, but then also like brings in more opportunities to be sad about things, if that makes sense. That makes sense. Because you care more, it's easier to have your heart broken, Mm -hmm. I guess. So even like my sister was telling me how she went to like a funeral a while ago or she heard about a funeral or something. And one of the speakers was like, like, even though this is really sad, you would never trade the love that you felt for this person while they're alive, like for this sorrow kind of thing. Like you mm-hmm. would never be like, well, this, the sadness is just too sad. Like I wish I never met this person. Right. It's like, that's the beauty of life is like, you have these moments where it's like, because you love so much and because you have so much happiness, there will be sadness. Yeah. So I think I'm just in like experiencing that a lot. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Relationships take work, especially the most important one you can have in your life, your relationship with yourself, which we're talking a ton about in this episode. A lot of us will drop anything to go help someone we care about. We'll go out of our way to treat other people well, but how often do we give ourselves that same treatment? So therapy, coaching, like you know, self-care of any kind. These are all ways that we invest in ourselves, right? Because we want to be the best version of ourselves so that we can do all the things we want to do, live a happy and fulfilled life. That's, you know, we want to lower our stress levels overall. So this month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you that you matter just as much as everyone else does. And therapy is a great way to make sure you show up for yourself. 
Therapy really is amazing. If you feel like there is something that's holding you back from living your best life, you know, mentally, emotionally, you definitely need to check out therapy. It's if you haven't tried it out yet, you got to hop on the therapy train. Whether you are dealing with something like depression, anxiety, family issues, relationship issues, that is why we love BetterHelp because BetterHelp is an online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Go give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and What We Said listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash what we said. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash what we said. Go check it out. We're jumping into an ad about one of our favorite little games, Best Fiends. You know how I know I'm becoming a real mom is because I play games on my phone. I know your guys' moms love to play little games on their phones. They get addicted. They actually start spending money on it and stuff. Well, I have a new game that you can tell your mom about that's good for their brain. It's fun. It's addicting. And it's cute all at the same time. And that's Best Fiends, okay? You can play this on the airplane. You can play this while you're in line at the grocery store, at the DMV. Best Fiends has got your boredom covered, okay? So Best Fiends is a mobile puzzle game that anyone can download and play. Whether you have a few minutes or a few hours, Best Fiends is the perfect puzzle game to lose yourself in because you're just having so much fun. The game features tons of cute characters that help you solve thousands of fun puzzles. The more you play, the more characters you collect, and the more you win, the more challenges you face. They really are so cute. They're like these little just character little creatures and you can't put it down my personal favorite time to play games on my phone is when I'm like traveling when I'm on the airplane you know don't have access to other stuff it really takes care of the boredom and you feel like your brain's working so it's great new characters and challenging puzzles are added all the time and there are tons of fun events where you can win huge rewards in the game with thousands of levels you literally can play as long as you want and never get bored trust me on that so if you guys want to check it out download best fiends free today on the app store or google play that's friends without the r best fiends go check it out that's one of the main things that i was gonna say too is it's so cheesy and cliche but if you don't have the lows, you really can't appreciate the highs. Mm-hmm. Like that's what makes life life, you know? And something also that I guess, I don't know if we've talked about a ton like on the podcast that I was thinking about when just brainstorming for this episode and just thinking about it is Chelsea and I have always been on very much the same. It seems like we would joke about being on the same like life. Like boy cycle. Yeah, yeah. boy cycle. Like when when we were younger and when we were in high school and then you know, college aged, we were always on the same quote unquote boy cycle where we would date guys at the same time, kind of break up around the same yeah. time. We, was it intentional? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. We got bored when the other yeah. was, no. And then we started like seriously dating Nick and Leif around the same time. And, you know, when the breakups, married. yeah, engaged, married, all of it kind of at the same exact time. And I was thinking like, our dynamic has not changed at all. Like, I don't think it ever will. Like, I feel like we will always have just like the same type of relationship. But I was thinking, this is the first time that we've had like a very, very different life stages. That has never happened in our life together, which is so like, as if we're like married, but (laughs) it's interesting to like think about because, but at the same time, what's cool about it. (laughs) Don't do this to me, girl. Is that I feel like we have like still found such a way to like relate to each other, even going through like very opposite, legitimately opposite problems where it's like, you know, you were going through the depths of your pregnancy and being like extremely sick at the same time I was going through infertility treatments. But it's been cool because it's like, I feel like we have still found ways to relate and like be there for each other. Empathize, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. But- what I, my point of saying this is like our lives now are different than they were like two years ago, like you mm-hmm. said, and it's a different dynamic. And it is that thing where you're mourning what was, but then you're excited about what exactly, is. And yeah. it's like all of those emotions wrapped up in one. Yeah. It's like you, exactly. You can have those like at the same time, like the mm-hmm. mourning and the excitement and the, you know, looking forward to like the future and how, Maybe this is the Enneagram 4 in me that comes out where it's just like, I see, you know, life as 
life-changing. So it's so beautiful. It's so exciting. Like when I see Case even just get older and like one day or he grow, outgrows his clothes, it's like this bittersweet feeling where it's like, it's so exciting to see somebody like growing Grow up. in front of your yeah. eyes, but also you're like, oh, like I'm sad that you used to be this like tiny little baby. And now you're, I mean, he's only two months, but still mm-hmm. like you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, you've been growing so much. But I feel like it's, it's hard. Cause yeah, I 100% agree with you. And we were like talking about this over text the other day because it was just like, it's hard. Cause we don't know exactly what to say to each other to make it better necessarily. But I almost feel like that's better because it's, it's like, comfort on a deeper level than surface level. Like, oh yeah, been there, done that. Like with someone yeah. just relating to you, it's like, okay, we're both, does that make sense? Like, Yeah, we're, struggling in different ways, but like being willing to like, yeah, have empathy for each other still. Yeah, we're both yeah. experiencing suffering, I guess, in different ways or like pain mm-hmm. in different ways. And we don't have to like, it's, they're so different. There's almost no comparison in, in them. So mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. I think it's, we're able to like get to a depth for each other. I think probably both of us feel this way too with it, where it's like, I've felt in general when, I think whenever you're going through either infertility or like literally motherhood or pregnancy or whatever, because it's your body and it's like your, I mean, obviously and your husband, but mm-hmm. your body as a woman. Yeah it's really easy to feel like really lonely. Like Mm -hmm. it's in a way where like you can be surrounded by so many people and like people can really be showing you empathy, but it's just like nothing can. Yeah. You're just like, I'm still like, no one knows exactly how I feel and no one is going to like truly understand. And you have to kind of be okay with that. It's like what I've found out. It's like, you shouldn't even really be looking for someone who's going to come and like fix it and be there and like understand a hundred percent it's like it's just how it is like you I don't know that's even, maybe even sad but no even if someone has been through the same thing it, and and this doesn't just have to pertain to infertility or motherhood if even if they been. have been through the exact same thing quote-unquote it's not the exact same because they're not exactly. you so it no one will ever understand yeah your struggles period like yeah they don't know what it's like to be inside of your head, inside of your body and going through life with your perception and your thoughts. So it's true. It's like at the end of the day, you have yourself like that's who you have to yeah. rely on and to like get through things. And something that I had written down too is like, I feel like feeling like myself, you know, that phrase to me means feeling connected to myself. And it doesn't. Like I was thinking at first it it meant to me like feeling confident and like feeling happy. Yeah, that's a part of myself, but feeling like myself, I'm not always going to be that confident and happy person, but it's about feeling like connected to who you are and knowing who you are. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that we have to like get to know ourselves. Yeah. You know, you have to literally be like your own best friend because that's what I've realized is like, I'm very hard on myself but I've realized I'm like, I'm the only one that I have. Like you said, like when I'm going through infertility, no one else gets it. They, even if they've gone through it, they don't have the same exact experience that I do. And like, I have to kind of be my own like advocate and my own rock and my own, you know, even though I have amazing people around me, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. You have to be okay with it. Like you have to accept yourself as you would accept other people. That's what I'm like figuring out and accept the, the turbulence, I guess that you go through just like you would accept somebody else. And like, you know, I think recently, even in the last like, you know, postpartum period, I've almost been trying to force myself to become myself again, like my quote unquote self Mm -hmm. in very like surface level ways where I'm like, this is myself. Like I like to do this, like, but and, and kind of identifying myself by things that I like to do or things that I used to do or things that I used to like. And when it comes down to it, like, that's actually not really like who you are, like who you are is so much deeper than that. Like it's creativity, it's service, it's joy. It's like these connection, all these creative, I already said creativity, (laughs) but, um, so I think I've been trying to like connect with myself in very surface level ways instead of deeper ways. You know what I yeah. mean? Like I'll be like, oh, well, you know, I used to play tennis a lot. Like, so maybe if I'll, if I start playing tennis again, I'll start feeling like myself again. Yeah. Grasping and, at anything to. 
Yeah, make exactly. it feel something. Yeah, or like getting my body back to how it was, then that's how I'll feel like myself again. Mm-hmm. But I actually was talking to your dad in one of our calls. We actually have like since I've been pregnant and like had case, we haven't talked that much. Mm-hmm. But we talked uh, like a couple weeks ago, and I was saying. I was just kind of explaining like how it's been hard postpartum to accept like my body and not even necessarily the way it looks. Like, yes, that's definitely a part of it because it's such a shocking, I think, shock to the system Mm -hmm. to see your body change really fast. But also just in general, like I kind of was explaining, like I said, I just don't feel like my body's mine. Like it just doesn't feel like it belongs to me. It feels kind of foreign. And you know, cause I'm breastfeeding. So it's like a food source and it's like healing steel. It just feels like business. Like yeah. it just, you know, and it's changed so, so much. So like the way that it looks as well. And I'm just sore from things. And so anyways, I was just kind of saying that. And, and I was saying, it's, I realized I used to think I didn't have an attachment to my body. I didn't think I had an attachment to the way I looked, but apparently I did because it's kind of testing me now. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, your body never really was yours anyways. And I was like, okay, true, actually. And I kind of was thinking about that, how, like, if, again, we identify ourselves as our bodies, then that's going to be where we put a lot of our self-worth. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that just kind of hit me, like, as a good reminder where it's like, okay, I definitely need to be reminded of of that. And it was good that I can kind of look at this as a challenge to really reconnect with like who I am and not have it be like just okay because I am okay with the way I look or I am. Do you know what I right. mean? Like, No, I do. Um, It's almost like just taking it completely out of the equation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like neutral where it's like, yeah. oh, I did think I was neutral about my body when I liked the way that I looked. Right. But it's harder to say that when you don't like it. And I think I kind of had disconnected from that because there have been lots of points in my life where I really genuinely didn't like the way I looked. Mm-hmm. And I thought I worked really hard to, you know, get to a place where I was. And I did feel like I'd made so much progress, but I'm realizing that I still did have attachment to the way that I looked and it was easier for me to accept myself. But anyways, and it's not like I, I like am that different looking, but when it's yourself, you, yes. you just notice so much more. Like literally Nick's always like, you look the same. I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't. Like, I'm just like, I... I'm getting to know a new body. It's It feels like a different person. Mm-hmm. So anyways, in conclusion, I have no solutions to this. <laughs> conclusion? <laughs> I also have been through an identity <laughs> crisis with my chin. Yeah, I don't want to even compare the two because they're literally not the same at all. But I feel like even just having swelling and pain and like not being able to move my face or talk, a ton of girls have reached out to me being like, it's so normal to feel like not yourself. Also, when you're recovering from like cosmetic surgery, like I have been, um, which has been very validating because I felt like an idiot for like, I mean, I haven't complained about it much, but I've jokingly, you know, been like, I feel ugly. Awesome. (laughs) And a lot of girls have just said like, you know, when they got their nose done or whatever, Mm -hmm. they, and they had a ton of swelling for months. They're just like, it just does feel like you just don't feel like yourself and you're like, excuse me. And it's your face. And so you feel different. So again, I'm not going to compare that to like postpartum because it's not the same, but. Well, it's almost like it's worse actually. Well, <laughs> I, it's, yeah, it's your face. I feel like anytime it's something that you look at all the time, like it, and it changes, it just feels uncomfortable because it's something new. Yes. But I feel the same way where I'm like, oh, I don't care. Like I look, I am cute. And then I'm like realizing that when I'm swollen and I'm making YouTube videos, I'm like, I I had a moment like maybe where- maybe I don't have the self-love I thought of Exactly. It. I was like, I might not post this YouTube video because I look so ugly. Like, I hate <laughs> yeah. the way I look. Um, but I did post. She's I'm an authentic queen. I think, and this is easier said than done, but I think not expecting to feel good 24-7 actually has helped me a lot. And that's something- You know, I feel like I'll hear stuff on podcasts or read books or something, but, you know, sometimes it doesn't click for me or I don't internalize things for a while. And so this is one of those things where I feel like I've truly internalized recently that I'm not going to feel good all the time. And it has changed my life genuinely because when I have an off day, when I feel ugly or unmotivated or something, I kind of can recognize it doesn't make it necessarily easier but I can recognize that number one I have felt this way before and it's going to get better 
and that I just can't expect to always be perfect and always mm-hmm. have this perfect life where I feel amazing. I look amazing. Uh, everything's going according to plan. Like that's just not realistic. And again, that's easier said than done to just, you know, completely accept that. And it's not like I fully, you know, have come to full acceptance, but that has changed the game for me is telling yeah. myself that actually telling myself that out loud, being like, I've felt this way before and it's going to get better. Yeah. You know, I love that. As you were saying that, it reminded me of something that I was thinking about that I kind of wanted to maybe say or mm, complain about. No, <laughs> but um, with expectations is I think expectations can be one of the most harmful like things you could do to yourself and other people because it creates so much disappointment and just so much sadness and you know anxiety and all these other things. Because I had a an expectation that I put on myself that I didn't even know. Like, okay, after eight weeks, I'm going to give myself pretty much in my head, I never said this out loud, but I'm going to give myself eight weeks. And during those eight weeks, I can relax and it's okay if I look different. It's okay if I, you know, my life's different. But then after those eight weeks are done, I'm going back to exactly how I was before. Like, you know. It's crunch time, baby. Exactly. Like I'm going to be donezo, ready to go. And I think after the eight weeks came and I wasn't feeling that way, like, I almost felt worse because I had that expectation. So when I woke up and I felt like I looked different or I felt like my life was different or, you know, I felt like I should be doing more. Like I was like, okay, I've got to go back to work hundred percent like of the time and no easing into it. (laughs) Just like, you know, zero zero to a hundred. And it almost was worse for me that I had the expectation because I was, there was really nothing that was different from week seven to week eight, except for the expectation that I should not be that way still. And so I've kind of just decided, I'm like, okay, I have to just be okay with how I'm feeling that day. And physically, if I have to literally like lay in bed all day, or if I have to sit on the couch because I'm not like feeling great, you know, down yonder, (laughs) then that's okay. Or if I'm not physically feeling up to it, or I have to cancel plans, even though I really want to go because like case needs me or, or it's just less, you know, convenient or it's easier, whatever it is then that's okay. And I just have to come to accept, like, I don't have to force things. Yeah. And I think it's almost worse to put a timeline on healing or things like that. Because even with, you know, going back to my infertility stuff, like last summer, I kind of was, I don't know, basically there was no way for me to predict how I was going to feel or be like, okay, if this doesn't work, I'm going to just like snap out of it and not care anymore. Mm -hmm. And like, like I I kind of had done similar things where I was like, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to give myself. Like I allow myself empathy for this amount of time. Yes. (laughs) Literally put a timestamp on it. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to try these three different, you know, these three treatments for these three months. And if that doesn't work, like I'm snapping out of it and like, I'm not going to, you know, be sad anymore about this. Exactly. And I realized like, it's kind of actually ironically exactly what you said like after those three months were up like I was the most sad I'd ever been like Mm -hmm. in that fourth month because like it was just added disappointment that it didn't work and blah 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 whatever but then a few months later it took me like a few additional months and then I truly did feel a lot just happier and healthier and stuff but it's like that's nothing you can put a timeline on it's just it's just the way life is and how healing is and how it just stuff takes time yeah So, and I think we can really change so much about, well, change our moods, first of all, and how we're feeling about things, literally with just a perspective change and like wording things different and accepting the fact that life is ups and downs. And that's the experience of life. And kind of going back to like the quote that this guy was saying, it's like, if your goal is to like love yourself as an object, you're going to try and like mold yourself that like, okay, well, what do I want myself to look like? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. How can I make myself a project to be, you know, the best version of myself that I can be? But if your goal is to love being yourself, then your focus is directed towards life and like, oh, this is something that happens during life and that's okay. And, And I am looking outwards and I'm not so obsessed with myself that it's more of just enjoying life. Yeah. The things that happen in life and, and accepting them as, you know, the beautiful parts of life, the ups and downs, the sadness, like I was saying about the quote from the funeral. It's like, you would never say like, I don't want this sadness. So take away how happy I felt and how much I loved this person. Exactly. That's the beauty of life. 
We love our sponsor, Green Chef. Green Chef is a CCOF certified meal kit company. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Whether you are keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. They have so many delicious recipes. Also, you guys know we also love HelloFresh, and HelloFresh actually owns Green Chef now, and we love both the brands. But it is the most sustainable meal kit. You can enjoy your greens while being green. Green Chef is the most sustainable meal kit, offsetting 100% of their plastic packaging in every box and 100% of their carbon footprint and emissions. It's convenient and easy, so you can spend less time stressing and more time enjoying delicious home-cooked meals. Green Chef's pre-made and pre-measured sauces, dressings, and spices get you more chef-curated flavor in less time. You can also avoid long lines at the grocery store. It's super convenient and easy to follow recipes that are delivered right to your door. As you guys know, I'm vegan and sometimes I just, I get stuck in the loop of eating the same meals over and over again, but that is not a problem with Green Chef. You can really mix it up in the kitchen, you know, spice it up literally. They have these Mediterranean squash bulgur bowls that have kale, figs, pistachios, lemon, They also have things like white bean salad sandwich. They've got soups. They've got so many different like sandwiches, bowls, ways to incorporate your vegetables in there and make sure that you're eating a nutritious meal all while having a positive experience in the kitchen. So go to greenchef.com slash what we said 130 and use the code what we said 130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. So that's greenchef.com slash what we said 130 and use the code what we said 130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. Go check it out. I think another important like element of this, and this is something I've really, I feel like the older I get, maybe it's just like the age that we're kind of getting to. I feel like the longer I'm just on this planet, the better I know myself and the more Mm -hmm. I'm like getting more connected with who I am and inside deeply and not just like, you know, the surface level type of yeah, Whatever. it's like, I'm a photographer. Exactly. I'm an Instagrammer. It's like... I'm an Enneagram 3. It's like, I'm yeah. not like living and dying by my labels mm-hmm. at this point. It's like, I'm really just kind of naturally diving deeper into like who I am at my core and stuff like that. What my zodiac sign is. Yes. <laughs> but I think recently I've figured out that I think in the past few years, like I've realized that I am a very independent person who likes to do my own thing, who likes to work on my own little projects and have things that I'm interested in. And for a while, I've probably said this before on the podcast, like I feel like me and Leif, because we work together, you know, 24-7, we were together literally like attached to the hip for our first like three years of marriage, probably even like four years of marriage. And then we both were like, okay, we're around each other (laughs) nonstop. Like we need to have kind of our own things, our own hobbies. And so we've both kind of started to not grow apart, but like grow individually more, which has been, I think, really healthy and really good for me. And it's allowed me to realize that I am like, like I said, an independent girl and I like to do my own thing. And what I'm trying to say is like individuality is so important and real and understanding who you are specifically. Not everyone's going to feel that way. Like I like to go on drives alone. I like to, when Leif goes off and like him and Keaton go climbing or they go do something, I like my alone time. Like I actually crave it and I, whatever, I think it's necessary for me to like recharge and think of good ideas and all that type of stuff. But basically what I'm saying is like, take everyone out of the equation and like, especially on social media or people that you're potentially comparing yourself to, you know, you see this girl doing a morning routine and it's like, oh, I want to do that. It's like, take every single person out of the equation and be like, what makes me feel connected to myself? And when do I notice that I'm like having a really fun time and Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like very feeling very good and very happy And it's even the same concept of like what you resist persists and stuff. Like instead of trying to take away bad stuff, just add good. And I think that's what I've been trying to do more of lately. And like when I really reflect on what makes me feel happy and like fulfilled and excited, sometimes it is as simple as 
going on a walk with my friends Mm -hmm. or going to the beach for sunset and things like that. When I can pinpoint like specific moments where I felt very at peace and I'm feeling just very happy and creative. And I just want to feel like that more, you know? Definitely. Going off of that last thought too, yesterday I had the day where I was like, I'm just going to be okay with doing nothing today. Like I'm just going to have a relaxed day and I'm not going to tell myself I have to get any work done or I have to do this or that. Like I'm just going to rest, actually rest today. And the second I literally said that in my mind, I started having all of these like great ideas of things to do. And I'm like, why doesn't this come on the days where I like am planning on doing stuff? And it's literally like your mindset when you just let go of the expectation of having to do something and, you know, being a certain way and you just let yourself be who you are. It like opens up this like portal to like your truest self. It's It's so crazy. It is crazy how the second you take the pressure off, I feel the same exact Mm -hmm. way, even with something as surface level as TikTok, whenever I like, I'm just like, I don't need, I've been really trying to not force things like you were saying recently. Like I feel like in the past with Instagram and I'm sorry that I like, I shouldn't apologize for this, but it's like, sometimes I feel like social media is just such a huge part of my life. And it has been for so long that it's like so many things I talk about have to do with it because it's like, that's been literally has overtaken my life Mm -hmm. for the past 10 years. And this should show you that. Like, I feel like my life revolved around Instagram subconsciously. Like I just always, you know, a few years ago specifically was like trying to capture moments for Instagram. I needed to get this. Um, I took it so much more seriously probably than I needed to. Like just being the overachiever that I am. Like I, yes, it was my full-time job, but I almost treated it like it was just the world. Like Mm -hmm. the world would end if I didn't post a freaking Instagram story or something. And I forced so much for myself. I didn't like, I feel like I've always remained authentic and stuff in what I post, but I forced myself when I wasn't feeling it to just do it anyway. Like, and that burned me out so much that now with TikTok, for instance, it sounds silly. It's like, yes, I want to work hard on these things. But when it's so connected to your life, like you at some point, I do the exact same thing where I'll be like, I do not have to make any TikToks today. Like, I want this to remain a fun avenue for myself. Like, and the second I like let the pressure off, I'm like, oh, I have all these good mm-hmm. ideas and I want to make them. Exactly. And so I've been super intentional about that lately, about not forcing things. Like if I don't feel like getting ready for the day and making a TikTok, I'm not going to force that. Yeah, like, there's, exactly. Again, there's a time and a place. There's laziness. Yes. At, at, some things are maybe you're being lazy. But other times you need to understand that you do need to chill. Usually when you are the laziest is when you are putting so much pressure on yourself. That's when you procrastinate the most is when you keep telling yourself, I'm being lazy, I'm being lazy, I'm being lazy. It's like that only creates more laziness. At least for me, maybe it's not for everybody. But the times when I'm motivated is truly when I lift all expectations off of myself. That's when I feel the most energized. That's when I feel the most creative and like I want to be productive. Oh, definitely the exact same. Yeah. As soon as I'm like, I'm such a lazy piece of crap. Like, what am I doing? Blah, blah, blah. Then I just literally feel horrible all day and I I also get nothing done. Yeah. Nothing good is going to come from... Yeah, just shizzing on yourself all day and <laughs> yeah. you feel like crap. It's like, you're not going to get great work done. No, definitely not. I also don't want it to come off like I'm complaining about all these things. I'm just, part of me is trying to be like real, quote unquote, and just like, because, I don't know, just explain how I feel if someone else is feeling like this. Mm-hmm. Then again, I'm not even giving you any solutions because I don't really even know them and necessarily, but sometimes really all you need to hear is just like someone else has been feeling the exact same way and you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I mean, I don't think you need to apologize at all. Like, no apologies here. Oh, I forgot. I remembered the first one and I just remembered the second one. The first one is that I think sometimes it's hard for me to, because we're constantly bombarded with content from people, like you were saying, and this is what reminded me of it, that we kind of start to mold ourselves after those other people. Mm -hmm. And especially like for the best example I have is when I watched Gossip Girl and I was like binging that like me when me and Nick were first married he kept being like you are talking and acting like the girls on Gossip Girl like you start talking a different way when you're consuming that content and I was like oh true and then I was watching Inventing Anna did you ever watch that show? I haven't watched it and I kind of started like acting like her and I'm like it's not really something I like to Nick I would say stuff that was kind of like how she talked 
And Nick's like, why are you talking like, like Anna, that girl? And I'm like, I don't know. This is horrible. Like it, you kind of start to lose like any sense of, you know, your own compass when you listen to what everybody else says. And when mm-hmm. you, when you try and, you know, you, you think, oh, that's cool about someone. Like, I'm just going to take that from them. But yeah, like you said, when you strip it all away and you look like, okay, actually, who am I? Like, what do I like? Yeah. yeah. What do I like to do? What's good for me? What what makes me feel good? And, you know, sometimes it does require you to actually get off of social media to like stop watching, you know, stuff that you maybe have been like binging or watching a ton of and just get back to the roots. Yes, for sure. I don't know if this relates, but I want to say this really fast. Like when you were mentioning just barely how you don't want to complain, but like you just want to say how you really feel and stuff. I feel like that's something that's very refreshing to me is people just saying how they feel or how it is, whether it's good or bad. And something that I've been thinking about lately is that a lot of times I feel comfortable saying more of the negative stuff um, because I feel like you know, a lot of people can relate to it and you're sometimes praised for it. It's like, thank you for being so open. But like the second you're, you know, positive, you're like, life's been going really well. People are like, oh, we get it. You're so, you know, everything's so great. And an example of this is we were at the beach for sunset. We're having like this little campfire or a little, like a little fire pit. And this random couple came up to me, Leif and Keaton, and they were like, it was actually a very like weird encounter, but they came up to us. They were, I don't know, in their fifties probably. And they were like, hi, like we were just wondering, he, the guy was saying, I have like some sons that are moving to California. Like what are fun things to do around here? Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, like uh, the beach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're like, well, this. And so we were trying to come up with things that we like do and whatever. And Leif was like, well, we're kind of lame. Like we don't really do much and blah, blah, blah. And then the guy said something else and he's like, sorry, we couldn't help. Like we we're just boring. Like Leif was saying this. And when he left, I like actually kind of got mad at Leif. I was like, why did you keep saying that? Like we don't do anything and that we're just a boring, like married couple. Cause that's what he was saying. He's like, I don't know. I just like, couldn't think of anything. And I, I wasn't mad, but I was just saying, I'm like, we have a very fun life. Like we do a lot of fun stuff. We love to travel. We like go to the beach often for sunset. We do a lot of stuff. And I feel like it's just conditioned in us to be like, oh, we're not that cool. Like, no, I'm not saying me and life, just in general as people, mm-hmm. like you don't want to ever show off. And I was saying like, is that how you truly feel that we're like a boring married couple that like sits at home? And he was like, not at all. Like I just, he's like, I don't, he, he, he literally goes, he's like, I messed up. <laughs> and we were laughing, but I was saying, I'm like, it's just crazy because I do the same thing. Like yeah. I'll be like, oh, well I'm lame. I just, you know, when really it's like, I think I have an amazing life. Like yeah. I love what I do day to day. And there's a lot of things that I'm so proud of. And like, I don't want to ever verbalize them because I feel like it's showing off, but it's so refreshing to me when other people do. And mm-hmm. so I feel like, you know, on our podcast, like that's why I love our podcasts because we- We're the best. <laughs> because we can say the good things in our life and the bad things. That's how life is. But yeah. it's like sad to me that we can't celebrate sometimes. I mean, we can, but sometimes we it's feel looked like down we upon yeah. um, to be like proud of yourself or like we have the coolest job ever. It's like, okay, we get it. Like, yeah. You well, know? on social media, I think you see it happen. Like, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast or just we've, if you took a shot for every time we said that. I don't know if we've talked about this or if we said on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. But I always see on, on Instagram and on social media, people being praised for sharing the negative. And then if they do share the positive, being um, accused of not being real. Exactly. And it's like, they're, it, happiness is real. Joy is real. Like having really good days is real. It doesn't mean that there aren't like bad moments in between. And it doesn't mean that like, we don't share all of our happy moments too. Like we don't share all of our bad moments, but sometimes we don't share all of our, our all of our happy moments. And so, but I think because you see it being praised and like you get attention when you're sharing like the negatives and you also feel like people bond more with the, with the negatives where mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, that happened to me too. Like, I don't know if like the shock value or something. And I'm not saying other people, I do that all the time. Like I've even said this about like pregnancy and birth and 
motherhood, it's like, it was like hard for me because I felt like, yeah, pregnancy was definitely like very hard. Like for me, I didn't. It's okay. You can say like, it. <laughs> I, I don't miss being pregnant. Let's just say that. Yeah. And I felt like it was just not fun and like whatever. Did I love the fact that I was pregnant? Of course. Like I was so grateful to be pregnant. Did I love the act of being pregnant sometimes? No. But I didn't feel like I could really say like, oh, I love being pregnant. Like, you know, being pregnant, I'm just so happy, so much joy because I feel like, first of all, if you put that on social media, you seem like you're being fake. Like you Mm -hmm. seem like you're being like living in la la land or something. And also it's like, you know, that other people aren't happy and you know that other people like are struggling with infertility. I have so many friends, including you who are going through it. So it's like, I don't want to be over here. Like I am so happy. I'm (laughs) You know what I mean? And I think even with birth, like I think something changed when I like had, you know, my birth experience because I realized I didn't want to be one of those people who just contributed to all the negative, scary birth stories you hear. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I still got messages like, you brag about your birth like a lot. You you um, you brag about having the, a birth the way you wanted it when uh, it makes a lot of us sad because we didn't get that. And it's like, I 100% took that into account when I was like talking about my birth experience. Mm-hmm. But I've heard a lot of bad birth experiences. Yeah. People, that's all people talk about. Like, right. I rarely heard positive birthing experiences, mm-hmm. even though they're out there, people are scared to share when it's something's like really good because it does seem like you're bragging. And yeah. so I was like, I know that I didn't want to come across bragging because first of all, it's not like I had that much control over it. Like how it went. I'm so grateful it went like the way well, that it did. Yeah. Not to but, say it wasn't excruciating, but you yeah. know, and so I, I'll even catch myself talking to people who I was talking to my friend who was pregnant and I was, she was kind of asking me about it. And the, I caught myself the first thing saying was something negative, like about birth. Like, well, you know, that is, cra- you know, crazy or it yeah. is like really painful. And it's like, no, actually, like, let me take that back. It was like the best day of my entire life. Like, you're about to have the best day of your life. Like, let me just leave it at that. And I'm not going to give you advice or tell you these scary stories. Like, you, you'll go through it anyways. So right. I might as well tell you it, it was great. You might as well contribute to the positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, being real has just this connotation of like, oh, you shared your messy house. Yay, you're real. It's like, yeah, like again, you can also have very positive real moments and like we should be allowed to share that. And I think the thing is, is just in today's world, I think when you do have a platform, like there's all, or whether you don't have a platform, even if one of your TikToks goes viral, it's like you're bound to have someone who watches it who doesn't relate or who inserts themselves and doesn't, it doesn't speak to them or they don't agree. And I don't know, it's hard to navigate that sometimes. Like when you do just want to be authentically yourself, but you feel like no matter what, you're kind of going to get, you know, someone saying something. But at the same time, like all you can be is yourself. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I think that's something that we've been like stepping into a lot more recently. Yeah. And it's been put to the test. Yes. But I'm glad we both had identity crisis at the same time. Same. See, life does always put us in the same cycle. Exactly. Even if it's different on the the outside. We had the birth of the baby and the new chin (laughs) in the same few months. Literally. Recovery, healing. New bodies. New bodies, who dis? Seriously. Now on to the vapid stuff. (laughs) I'm a vapid valley girl. So let me give you some tips, guys. If you want to be a valley girl Green juices, morning walks, and buying expensive clothes. (laughs) Um, these are some things I wrote down that help me feel when there's poop on my shoe. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just put on your rug too. Awesome. These are some things that help me feel connected to myself. Okay. And complimenting others, complimenting strangers, doing service for others. This just makes me so happy. I rare beauty actually had reached out to me and they basically asked me to pick someone to like send a I little. I didn't see that. Here's the thing, girl. I know you didn't <laughs> know, want more PR. Kidding. I know that stress you out. Don't play with me. No, I know. I'm just kidding. Gaslights me? Cool. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I did see that. And I blocked it. No. Sorry, keep going. Rare Beauty reached out to me. They're like, um, you can send a package to like a woman in your life who would love some like fun makeup. And I know that Rachel likes Rare Beauty. Like I remember when I had some of their stuff, she was like, oh, can I try it? Anyway, so I picked my girl, Rach, and she got her package and she texted me and she was like, oh my gosh, like, thank you so much. This made my day, whatever. Sent me a photo Uh of it. And it just made me, like, it made my day just like seeing that that, you know, and that wasn't even 
that hard of work on my end. So thank you, Rare Beauty. That wasn't like something that I had to do <laughs> grueling work over, but it just <laughs> like thought. made me happy. Like, and I think just doing service for others, even as simple as complimenting someone, whether it's a stranger or your friend or anything, like it just makes you happy. So, and you know what? This is a very quick thought. <laughs> quick. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really good to go through things that, you know, test your, your own self-love and like your, and you know, times where you do feel lonely and times where you do feel sad because it makes you think like, if someone else is feeling this, I want to make them feel better. Yeah. Sometimes when you are just like living your best life and you, you like you do stop thinking about like, oh, I should, you know, do something nice for someone else. Someone else could possibly be sad, you know, because you're just happy. Living in La La Land for sure. Okay. Just switching things up. So recently I went to a coffee shop alone, you know, worked on my laptop, mm-hmm. just had a little moment. And that was just fun. It's like, again, kind of just the concept of being your own best friend and like romanticizing your life and making little moments special, whatever that means. It can be a very small thing. Um, I'm going to say going on a walk because that really, I really do love that. Getting out in nature, walking, like putting your favorite podcast on or just, you know, listening to nothing. Recently, I got some champagne glasses to put like my poppy or my Mm. olipop in there. And I had that with dinner the other night or like even putting like an iced matcha or an iced chai in there. And this, this inspo came to me from a Pinterest photo that I saw. And I was like, you know what? And also a lot of people do like kombucha in a wine glass. Like I've heard that for a long time and I have like no cute glasses at all. So I was like, okay, I want to get some like fancier glasses to, you know, spice things up a little. And these are just like fun, again, just fun little things. This is not that deep. I'm not not saying go get a champagne glass. It's going to cure your depression. Okay, girls. <laughs> I'm just saying like, these are just fun little things that I've been doing recently that like make me happy and make me feel like I'm living in, you know, my own fun little world. Going on drives and listening to my favorite music mm-hmm. until Spotify logged me out. Seriously, <laughs> I, I can't password. remember my password. I, Why did Spotify do that? I went on a journey today figuring it out. I was like attached to my Facebook, which was a freaking email from oh address from 1992. Gosh. Mine was like literally blue-eyed cheerleader. Tell me I'm not getting sex trafficked with that freaking Oh, mine's volleyball email. star. <laughs> Never played volleyball. Anywho, once I get, yeah, I, I just actually gained access back I'm to like, my- I am 12 <laughs> and I'm blue-eyed cheerleader. Yeah. Pink girly girl, I'm 12. <laughs> so like yeah, such a target. Good, nothing good's coming from that. Speaking of playlists, working out while I listen to my Hot Girl Gym playlist, which is kind of a knockoff of like a playlist that was already, it was like a gym playlist that I found, but I started adding like songs that I liked from it because it was like a huge playlist. Any song that I was like, okay, I'm feeling pumped, I'd add it to my own. I don't know if you guys can like follow it. I really don't know much about Spotify. My gym songs are always like the most vulgar songs. Oh, they're awful. Yeah. They're all about like, Jilly, don't listen to the Hot Girl Gym, please. Not when you're doing a sweat app in the morning. Okay, these are very, again, self, not selfish, surface level, but just like putting together an outfit that maybe you wouldn't normally wear, like mixing patterns, mixing colors. Like for me, I've never considered myself. I actually always verbally say like, I'm not a fashion girl. Like I'm always just like, that's not my strength. Like I don't really, I feel like I'm not that good at putting outfits together, but I'm trying to like kind of just stop saying that. that and just put together fun outfits because I've been enjoying it lately. I haven't always cared, to be honest with you. So that's part of it. But recently I've been kind of having fun, like getting more dressed up. Maybe it's because I've been wearing sweats for the past- That's what fashion is. Fun. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. I think it might be because I've been wearing sweats for the past like two and a half years, legitimately. So I'm like sick of it or something. But actually recently I put together a little outfit that again was like something I wouldn't normally maybe wear because I mixed like a bunch of different colors together, but I thought it was cute. I went to a coffee shop and the guy working there, he's like, oh my gosh, I love your fit today. Oh. And I was like, okay. You're um, like, guess what? I am a fashion girl. Yeah. Thank you I'm for I'm a fashion that. girl now. Follow my fashion blog. No, but it was even just, I was like, oh, that's nice because like I actually put effort into this and got a compliment. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Lastly for me is this is going to be shocking, but like making content. When I literally take out every ounce of comparison and expectation and every single person out of the equation, I love making content. Mm -hmm. I love creating. I love creating. Like I love taking fun photos. I love this podcast more Mm -hmm. than life. I love making YouTube videos and like recording stuff on my camcorder and making it a vibe. Like Mm -hmm. I enjoy that so much. And the only time I start to like not enjoy it is only when I compare myself to like other people's content where I'm like, oh, 
you know, it's not doing well or something. Yeah. That's the only time I don't like it. Totally. And so when I take all that away, I love creating. When it doesn't have to be anything. Yeah. It can just be what it is. Exactly. I I skipped one, but it's very, it's just like, Vapid. you know, you know, it's actually the opposite. It's like having deep talks with my friends, mm-hmm. which just, I feel like happens naturally whenever, you know, we're together. Yeah. And that, that also like is just a form of connection. And yeah. like, I think one of the things also, I have two last thoughts. The first going off of that, one of the things I've noticed and I kind of talked about on the daddy alert episode is how important like community is and how, you know, for as long as humans have existed, you know, raising a child, it's like it takes a village to raise a child. That saying, we've kind of lost some of that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's why people do so much screen time. It's like, that's their village. That, like who else is going to watch their kids? Otherwise they ha- would have to be like holding and watching their kid 24 mm-hmm. seven. Like they don't have that like village to help them take care of their kid, to give them time to do things. That's how it was possible for, you know, women for so long to get so much done. And like, because they all worked together and like helped each other. And I think sometimes we are, I think the worst things you, you could do when you're not feeling like yourself is isolate yourself. Yes. And, you know, it just makes you feel more lonely. Like even when you don't, there have been times when I'm like, I just want to like be in my room and just like be sad and just, you know. But also like Case helps a lot because I'm not by myself. But even when I bring Case, when I go on a walk or I'm like, I'm just going to go, you know, to lunch with friends or go do something or like even just with Nick. It just instantly takes me out of being so involved in, in my own head. head and like takes me out of worrying about myself that it instantly makes me feel better. Definitely. And something that actually Tessa Heza posted on her story about, she said like ever since she, something that's helped her a lot with, you know, postpartum and just getting back into work and getting into the swing of things and feeling kind of like herself again is getting dressed first thing in the morning. Like get Mm. dressed. And I saw another girl make a TikTok like, moms, this will like change your life if you get up in the morning and get dressed head to toe. And then Mm. you're ready for the day. It will change the way that you like go about your day. So I don't do that every day. Obviously today I'm literally wearing sweats, but I've been trying to do that. Even if it's not like makeup necessarily, I don't do a full face of makeup. I'll just like brush up my eyebrows and clean off my face and stuff. And just do my hair, put on like jeans, put mm-hmm. on shoes. Like it makes me feel so it much better. It's crazy. It, it, it's a huge like little boost of motivation for me too. Like, yeah. It shows yourself that you're putting an effort. Yeah, definitely. I completely relate. I mean, as we record this, I am literally in. No, I'm a hobo right now. Yeah, same. I am in black leggings and a gray sweatshirt. And I'm like, have literally been sweating in it all day. So, you know, I'm not a full-time fashion girl yet. No. But we'll get there one day. I hope this episode helped in some capacity. I don't know. Hopefully it didn't make you sad. (laughs) It didn't. I don't think it, I I hope not. And again, these last things that I was just talking about, like the fun little things, they're not meant to like make your life a million times better. It's just little, little tiny acts Mm -hmm. that you can do to feel better. Maybe just momentarily. Yeah. And wait, really quick. I forgot. Our merch is coming out. Yes. Hopefully in the next like two, weeks yes in the next few weeks stay tuned on our instagram stories if you're not following our instagram you're dumb (laughs) but you need to follow our instagram because that's where we do all of the entries that's where we put all of the information for merch drops and sometimes our merch drops are stressful okay so you got to be there you got to know you got to be in the know okay we're working on it so keep your eye out go follow us on instagram it's at what we said podcast you can also be involved in like our story episodes our advice episodes they we have an advice column every single last Friday of the month. It's like a little bonus episode. So if you want some advice, email us. Hello at what we said podcast.com. We love you guys so much. And that's, that's what, what we said. said. Bye.